Praise God. I want to start right away because today wraps up our mission series. The first week we had John Easter with us. He spoke about the intrinsic value of every human being on this planet. The second week we had Joseph Gordon. He talked about us being our brother's keeper. And for those who missed it, as Pastor Scott said, I would recommend that you go back online and listen to those messages. But my message today is who will go? Who will answer the call? Who will go and answer the call? And before we get started, I was looking at statistics this week, um, just reading where we're at as a society, as a world, and I came across some very um, just staggering statistics that really brought me to my knees. And I wanted to share two slides with you today, one specifically before I get started. And it's important for us to look at these numbers so that we can understand what's going on in our world. And we look around and we wonder, why why is this world the way it is? And so I I came across this and it says 75% of regular church attenders do not believe that sharing their faith is important. Yeah, wow. 51% of churchgoers don't believe that sharing their faith is an essential obligation of their Christian life, and it's not redundant. The churchgoers is 51%, but even more staggering was that regular church attenders, 75% don't believe that sharing their faith is important. And so when we get started today, and, and when, I, when I ask the question, who will go, who will answer the call, it's important to understand that I believe that according to these statistics, and you can look these up online, we've forgotten that God has already commissioned us to go. We've either forgotten or we haven't learned the great commission, which is found in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go into all the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about going and and we talk about missions and we talk about, has God called me to go? Is God asking me to go? We have to ask ourselves the questions, have we forgotten that he's commissioned us? Do we know that he's called us to go? And when I read those statistics, I I, I couldn't help but to cry and and, and really think, are we doing a good job of communicating this to you? Are, Are we able to say that we know that you know that this wasn't for 2,000 years ago, this is for today as well? And you know, Jesus makes this powerful declaration. Why is it so important for us to go? Sometimes people will ask like, well, why is this so important? We have social media or we, we have media methods because God chose us. He decided that it was for us to go and make disciples, right? He could have used anyone else. He could have done anything else. He could have just said, I'll take care of it myself. But he said, no, I want you to partner with me in the Great Commission. I want you to partner with me. And so today when we read scripture, Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, in the Romans. He's speaking to them and he's encouraging them and letting them know, I have a word for you. I need to encourage you. I need to let you know that even though the world looks the way that it does, there's work to be done. And so we're going to be reading out of Romans chapter 10. This is Paul's encouragement and charge to the church. He says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought 
to establish their own, and they do not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does not know these things, the person who knows these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what it does say is this, the word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here's the the verse that I really want to hold on to today. It says, how then? Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And Paul's quoting here from Isaiah 52, 7. And when Paul writes this, there's this urgency. He wants them to know that despite what's going on in the world, there's this urgency for us to go and tell the world about Jesus. And when you, when you read this, and it says, how beautiful are the feet. He's speaking emotion. He's talking about going. He's saying, how beautiful are the feet of those who go and make disciples. And, and how will they hear this message unless it's preached to them? And it's why you're sitting here today. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you've been here for 40, 50 years, 10 years. But at some point, someone shared the gospel message with you or, or, or you stumbled upon it on, on social media or you went to a, vac- a vacation Bible school and, and someone talked about Jesus and, and you thought, maybe this is for me too. But there's people that are still waiting. There's people that are still waiting. There's still 42% of the world that has less than 2% evangelicals. People are able to share the gospel in their region that still have not heard their favorite Bible verse, that still have not heard their favorite worship song. And while we sit here and we're so blessed to hear the word of God every single week, there's still people that are dying without hope, that have never heard the word of Christ, that have never heard the message. And why is this so important? Because Jesus made a powerful declaration. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. Jesus let it be known that the only way, the only way we have access to the Father is through him. And so when we talk about the Great Commission and we talk about going, we have to tell others because Jesus is the only way. And I make no apologies for that statement. It's the word of God, it is truth. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way to get to heaven. It's Jesus. It's when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you are saved. And so if you've believed in the word of God, you have to believe this statement. He talks about how will they be sent? The church sends, we want to equip you. You will be called. Will you answer the call? And so often we hear the call and we don't answer it. And so today's bottom line would be who will go? Who will answer the call? 
I know there is someone here who has been called. I know there is someone here who's heard God's voice many times. And so I want to walk you through that today. I want to talk to you about an opportunity I had a couple years ago. I went to a country in Africa, and we spoke to, we were working with Somali refugees. And I couldn't talk about Jesus, and it was so hard for me. My heart's desire was to just say, Jesus loves you, and I knew I couldn't. And I was already, I had been forewarned. If I talk about Jesus, it could really sabotage the mission and get our, our, our whole team kiboshed. <laughs> and so I had to be very mindful to not. But my prayer was, Lord, I want to be sought in light. I want them to see you. And my heart's desire was that they, they would continue to ask questions, that they, they would see something, hear something, because in their darkness, my only heart's desire was for them to be able to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? If you know Jesus, you've got something to talk about. If you've given your life to Christ, it is our responsibility to let others know to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? When you experience something that's so amazing, you can't help but to tell other people about it. You can't help it. It comes out naturally. You can't wait. I can't wait to share this with you. This is so amazing. And so my question would probably be if you have not had the opportunity or the ability to share and tell others, taste and see that the Lord is good. My question, I guess, to you would be, have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good for yourself? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Because I promise you, when you have, you can't wait to share it with someone else. When we look at our world, I don't have to try to convince you that it's a broken world, that it's a dark world. You can flip every channel, go through every social media, internet, whatever. Whatever you look at, this is a broken world, a lost world. This is a world that's hurting, that's looking for an answer, and the only answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. There's nothing else. And if we have him, if we profess to know him, would our obligation not be to let others know to taste and see that the Lord is good? Would that be the only response to this? When I thought about just what, what does it take for someone to understand the responsibility that we all carry? Because we all carry this responsibility. He didn't pick a particular people group. He didn't ask a particular people group to, to go and take this message. This wasn't just for the Romans or, or this isn't just for the disciples. It was for all of us. It's timeless. And I thought, what, what, what does it take? And it takes surrender. Because so often we say yes to Jesus. And when I prepared for today, I thought many people will hear this message. And I'm being 100% transparent with you. Many people will hear this message. They'll all respond differently. Every one of you here will respond differently. Every one of you. You'll hear the word, and you might have heard it last week as well, and the week before, and the week before, and the year before, and the year before, and if you've grown up in the church like I did, you've probably heard thousands of messages. And here's the difference. Some of you will hear the word and it'll change you. And others will hear it and dismiss it. And that's a staggering reality. 
And I'll tell you why that happens. There's this moment where we need to surrender, where we hear the word of God, where we sense the Holy Spirit moving us, shaking us, wrecking us, whatever you want to call it. And he's saying, I want it all. Not just a part. I want it all. Because see, when we confess with our mouths and we believe in our heart, to believe in your heart is to believe that he is Lord. And when we believe that he is Lord and Savior of our lives, we believe that he can have it all. And so we surrender it all to him and we say, Lord, you can have it all. Take it all and do whatever you want with that. Whatever it is, my God, you've already given it all for me. So my only response is you can have it all. And so for me to get to the point where the great commission means anything to me, we're going and taking the gospel to all the world means anything to me is I first have to get to the place in my life where I've surrendered it all to him. Because once I've surrendered it all to him, I realize it was never mine to begin with, but by the grace of God, I can stand here and have hope and share that hope, that living hope with the world. And being 100% transparent with you, here's, here's what happens. It'll cost you. It costs you. There's a verse here I, I want to share with you. It says, Jesus replied, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. I'm going to read it again because it's so powerful. Jesus replied, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And that's Luke 9, 62. Jesus himself said, if you look back, you're not going to make it. There is a cost. There's a cost in following Christ. There is a cost in answering when he calls you. There's a cost. I, I remember before I transitioned into missions, I was sitting, I was in small groups with student ministries, and I loved it. I love working with students. Love it. Love working with students. And I, I had this awesome opportunity to do missions and work with our small group leaders and, and our students. And I was in my sweet spot. I was so happy. I'm looking at small group leaders right now. And I was so happy to be there. I, I, I kind of felt like I, I arrived, like, this is it. This, is, this couldn't be any better. Like, I get the best of both worlds. And I was happy. And I remember Pastor Phil, our, our missions pastor, then said, uh, you know, he was transitioning. He was going to be doing his MSO and all the awesome things. God was opening all these opportunities for him. And he said, I'm handing the baton to you. And I said to him, I don't want it. <laughs> Verbatim. You can call him up. I said, I don't want it. I said, I might drop it. And I was being honest because I was very happy where I was at. I was content. And I'm driving on a Friday. I kind of ignored that. I was like, oh, Lord, if you want it, you, you know, we'll figure this out, blah, blah, blah. I'm driving on a Friday to meet a friend for coffee, worshiping Jesus with all my heart. And the Holy Spirit messes me up because that's what he does. He says... You said you would follow me. That 
means you go where I ask you to go. And I knew. I knew what the Holy Spirit was telling me. You got to do this. I'm asking you to do this. You surrendered all. Surrender all means I surrender lordship. Surrender all means I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. Surrender all means that he has full access to every area of my life. Full access to every area of my life. And so I'm driving. I'm a hot mess. I meet my friend. We're talking. We're crying. We're praying. And I knew there and then that he was going to mess everything up, but not mess it up for me. Because God is good, and he is faithful, but his ways are higher and greater and better. And I get home, and I'm, I'm still kind of upset with God. I'm like, man, you always do this. And it's funny, I look at my sister, because she, ha- she, she had to grow up with me. <laughs> and so I was like, you do this to me all the time. Every time I feel situated, you change things. And I said to God, this is when I, you know you lose your mind. I lost my mind. I said, I gave you my life. I gave Jesus my heart when I was five years old. So I, I felt like I, you know, I, had, I had some deposits made that I could say this to God. And I said, man, I've given you my life. Like, I've given you my life. And of course, foolish me, God's response. And I gave you mine. And I gave you mine. See, sometimes we want to tell God what we've done for him, foolishly. And God's like, I gave you the best. I gave you my son. I gave it all for you. The reason you're able to sit here today is because he gave his all for you. The reason you can wake up every morning with hope in your life is because he gave it all for you. The reason you can come in here And pray and worship is because he gave it all for you. And so when I tell you that it'll cost you, it'll cost you. It'll cost you everything you thought you knew. But there's something that you find in that place, and it's peace. It's the peace that you get when you're obedient to the word of God. See, in obedience, there's peace. And some of you have been seeking that peace in your six-figure careers, in your 401k, in your fun times, whatever it is for you, because it's different for all of us. We could all stand here and say, I can't do this right now, God, because I got things I need to take care of. There's still things that I still haven't done. There's things I'm trying to figure out. And Lord, when I get those things right, then... Then I can go. Then I can surrender. Then I can respond to the call that you've placed on my life and how foolish. And I remember last week when we sat with Joseph during our Q&A and he shared that his son had health issues. And they came back and people said to him, well, maybe you should stay. Maybe you shouldn't go back into the mission field. Maybe your son's better off here. Maybe this isn't the rest, the right time. And I love what Joseph shared with us. He said, Man, if that's the kind of God I serve that this took him by surprise, something's wrong. And so when we're coming with this laundry list of reasons why we, we can't, and I, I, I can't, and it's not the right time, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. 
God's not surprised by what's going on in your life. In fact, if he's called you, he's going to provide everything you need according to his riches and glory. If he's called you, the only thing that's left is for you to respond. But so often we sit in that. We sit in that place of like, it's just not comfortable. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't have to make sense to you. He's already purposed you for such a time as this. And so often we miss that. We forget that his call is greater. And when we're living in that, there is such peace. And I can promise you nothing else, nothing else in this world can satisfy your life. Nothing else. Only being in the perfect will of God. There is such peace in his obedience. When we're obedient to what he's called us to do, you know, walking this walk is an interesting place to be. It's a life of surrender. It's a life of saying, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and to tell others what you've experienced when we read in Acts 1.8, he says to the disciples, and I love this, he says to the disciples, now go and be my witnesses. What's a witness? Someone that goes and tells someone, something happened, right? If you've ever served on a jury or anything, and they said, hey, can you be a witness to what's happened? And you go and you tell your testimony, right? You go and share what you've just experienced. You go and share what you've just seen. You go and tell people, and you're like, this is a credible witness. <laughs> and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you're a credible witness to what's happened in your life. And, and when we say, taste and see that the Lord is good, you, you have to share what you've witnessed in your own life. And I think of my life, I think, and I, 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 gotta, I keep looking at my sister because I don't want to make her cry, but I probably will. I think of when my father gave his life to Jesus Christ, I was five years old. My dad surrendered his life to the Lord. His life was radically transformed by the power of God, radically transformed. And because of that, I remember when he came home and he took me to church first. <laughs> and I was five. And I didn't know how to explain Jesus, but whatever happened to him, I wanted to happen to me. I wanted whatever happened there to happen to me. And I remember when the preacher preached and everyone was talking about Jesus and giving your heart to the Lord, I raised my hand. And I was like, I want that. I want that. I got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And because I got to taste and see that the Lord is good, I will spend the rest of my life telling the rest of the world to taste and see that the Lord is good. He is. He'll transform your life. And so I can't help but to witness. And sometimes it's too much. And sometimes I don't have an off button, but I, I can't help myself. Because Jesus did something. He did something in my life. He did something in our family. He did something in our parents. He did something in my home that we had never experienced before. And I didn't have to grow up with lostness. I didn't have to grow up with hopelessness. I didn't have to grow up not knowing that Jesus loves me. Someone shared the gospel with my father. It is my duty. It is my responsibility to go and witness what the Lord has done. It is our responsibility to go and witness what the Lord has done. He's done something in your life. 
And maybe for some of you, it's right here. Whether it's work, friends, family, listen, I'm pretty sure most people have unsaved relatives. Pretty sure. But there's someone in your life. But I also believe there's people that are called, that God has strategically said, even since you were a child, <laughs> you know how you know since you're a kid? Don't ever despise when a kid tells you something. God speaks to children. He really does. But God's put his hand on you. And you know it. You know he's calling you. He's already called you. And then the question is, will you respond? Will you respond to that call of God on your life? There is a waiting world. You know, our, our, our message, our, our, our series title was A Waiting World, A Willing Church. A waiting world, a willing church. There's a waiting world. There's a world, as we heard in that song, right outside of your window that's waiting to hear the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ, and they don't know yet. They don't know yet. There's someone in your life that you haven't witnessed to yet, and every time you're around them, the Holy Spirit's prompting you. Are you going to tell them? Are you going to tell them? You know, I remember having this conversation with someone, and again, it wrecked me. And we were just having this Jesus moment. And they said, hey, can you imagine when you get to heaven and there's all these people in heaven? And they're like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you shared Jesus with me. I'm here today because you shared Jesus with me. I get to be here in the very presence of God Almighty because you shared Jesus with me. Thank you. And then you flip it. And then imagine all the people you've ever encountered that you haven't shared Jesus with. Imagine. And someone says, Maritza, you never told me. You never told me about Jesus. You never told me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. You never told me. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that. And so my only response is to answer the call. Who will go? Who will go? Who will answer the call? What you decide to do is solely between you and the Lord. But I can tell you that he's calling you. I can tell you that he's already told you what you need to do. I can tell you that you can despise this moment or you can really wrestle and say, Lord, it's me. I surrender. I've counted the cost. I will witness, I will let them know. And whether it's here in Berks County, or maybe you're calling me to go to India, or maybe you're calling me to go to Latin America, or maybe you're calling me to go to Europe. But whatever it is, Lord Jesus, my answer is yes.
I want to be available to what you're asking me to do. I want to be available to the call of God on my life. You know, we, we, we think about how often we attend church and why we attend church. And I, I remember the first week John Easter said, if we don't even believe what we're doing, we should just shut the place down, turn off the lights and get out of here. That, that's what he said, if you missed it. I'm just recapping. But he said there's this intrinsic value that God has placed on every human being on this earth that, that, that needs to know, that deserves to know the truth about who Christ is. That there, 2,000 years ago, a perfect Savior died on the cross so that you and I would no longer have to be burdened by the sin of this world. We no longer would be bound to the things of this world, that we would be set free and be in right standing with the Father. It's why we're here. And because we've tasted and seen that he is good is why we're here. And now it is our obligation, it is our duty to present that to the world. You know, no one should hear the gospel two, three times. It's unfair when others haven't even heard it once. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel at least once before we sit here and hear two, three, four, 52 times a year, whatever that looks like for you. And so today, what is your answer? What is your answer to that call? I want you guys to take a couple minutes and hear this song.
moment at the end of a a message where many have already given their lives to Christ, but there might be someone in here that has heard this message today, has heard God's voice today, and and they're not sure what they want to do with that. And maybe it's because you still have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And as we read today, the word of God, it says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And so our confession comes from acknowledging that he is Savior, that he is God. And when we believe in our hearts, we turn from our old ways. We turn from our old life, right? And scripture teaches us that we are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is come. And so when we repent, when we turn from our old life and we invite Jesus, 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 to be Lord of our lives to have it all as we just heard the song you can have it all we are saved we are added to the kingdom of god and so i'm going to ask everyone just bow your heads and and close your eyes and if there's someone in this room today and you know and you know that you know because when you know jesus you know that you know jesus because you've tasted and seen that he is good but if you're here today and you haven't been able to say, man, I haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to just slip your arm up. We wanna pray with you today. 
you, you can't despise this opportunity. This is a gift from God. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, this is your opportunity to say, Lord, you can have it all. I know you have a call on my life. I know you're speaking to me today, Lord Jesus. I want to be faithful. I want to be obedient. I don't want to despise this moment. So we're going to pray for anyone who has slipped up their hand. If you can slip it up high enough for our team, we, want, we have salvation bags. We want to walk you through this. We don't want you to miss this opportunity. It is a powerful opportunity. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord Jesus. Lord, your word has not changed. Who you are remains the same. You remain the same through all generations, Lord. And we know, Father God, that one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so whether we decide at this moment to surrender our hearts to you or we wait, Lord, one day we will have to declare that you are Lord. And Lord, I pray for every single person in this room today that said, yes, Jesus, be my savior. I surrender all. I turn from my old life. I want to taste and see that you are good. I want to know that I know that I know that you are Lord of my life. That it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, that you are Lord. And today I confess with my mouth and I declare in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I declare that you are Lord of my life. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray your blessing over every single person in this room today that has said yes. I thank you for those who will respond to the call that you've placed in their lives to go. You've called us all, Lord Jesus. It is in obedience that we will find that peace, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray all this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm going to invite Pastor Scott to close us out today. God bless everyone. Thank you, Pastor Marissa. What a good word today. You know, we're, we're closing out a three-week series on missions, right? And um, I think the one thing that I would just add, what a, a powerful message where it's a thank you so much. Just as your pastor, just ask you the question, what is God saying to you? You know, I, I remember um, December 1st, 2001, when my wife and I were sitting in, sitting in Brooklyn Tabernacle, and God spoke to us and called us to ministry. We were sitting middle right section, 12 rows back, right in the middle. And God spoke to us and called us to ministry. And we said yes. And I wonder, I'm just wondering, what is God saying to you? For some of you, maybe it's just say yes to your first step in your journey of following Jesus, whatever that looks like for you. For some of you, say yes to a virtual missions trip. Say yes to visiting the missions hub. Say yes. Some of you maybe, maybe just one of you, maybe you're even online today and you need to say yes to the call of God to surrender it all. Now, all of us are called to surrender, right? We're all called as followers of Christ. We're called to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. But maybe you're here and, and your yes 
to Jesus is surrendering it all and saying, God, I'm all in, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to missions. Stop by the missions hub today and, and tell Maritza about that yes in your life. Tonight, uh, we'll close out our missions series. Uh, this is the last Sunday morning uh, that we'll do missions. Next Sunday, I've got a word for you already brewing in my heart. Um, but tonight, come back at 6 o'clock. We're going to be in the Next Gen Center. We're going to have kind of the, the closing commissioning of our mission series. We're going to have a little bit of worship. I'll share a, a brief word of the book of John. Uh, we're going to share communion together and just kind of allow God to crystallize maybe something he's been saying to you or something he's doing in you. You come back tonight. We're calling the night Get Uncomfortable. I know that's not very enticing, right? Um, but we, 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 we've grown very accustomed to being comfortable in our Christianity, right? And so come back tonight for our evening of learning to get uncomfortable. Let me pray us out today. Father, it is a joy to serve you. It is a joy to say yes to the call. Thank you, God, that you called me. You called my wife many years ago to give our lives to the church. Thank you, God, that you're speaking to some of your children in this room today, and you're, you're calling them to what I don't know, but God, I know that you are speaking. And I pray that, God, you would give the courage to any who need it in this to say yes to the call of God, to the cause of Christ, and to full surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. We pray, God, that you would continue to use us as conduits of your love and of your grace and of your power. And that, God, every one of us would learn how to walk in the atmosphere of Jesus Christ. And that wherever we go, God, we bring an atmosphere with us, an atmosphere of faith, of love, and of Jesus Christ in all that we do. Bless your children today, your church today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, we love you, man. So blessed to have you in this church. Listen, if you need prayer, come on front. We'd love to pray with you. Make an altar at your seat. Our team's going to sing that song again just for a little bit. Man, just find a place to pray, just to worship, just to let God finish something he's doing you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. See you tonight. You can have it all. Here I am. Here I am.
Padrón.